If you have a Bible today, let's open up to Luke chapter 2. And today I want to share with you a study entitled Six Words to Enjoy the Christmas Season, or Six Words to Get the Most Out of the Christmas Season. You, know, you don't want it just to go by and next thing you know, uh, you feel either the same or worse than when it all started. All these lights and decorations and celebrations and the songs that we're hearing and all this uh, Bible studies, we, it's intended to, to make us stronger, to make us more like Jesus. And so I want to share with you a kind of a topical study uh, uh, about this. My intention, our intention, it, not only for you but for me, is that we would really just get everything we can out of this, what, what many call the most wonderful time of the year. You know, and I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, a lot of people, it just is, you know, they're on cloud nine. Uh, for others, it's a very difficult time. But I will say this, the most wonderful time of the year. Isaiah 9, 6, uh, and 7, it talks about his name will be wonderful. I'll tell you what, there's like, I mean, we got Mariah Carey singing about Jesus. I mean, we got Justin Bieber. I even heard one song by uh, the, the lead singer from Black Sabbath singing about Jesus, Ronnie James Dio and the guitar player. So we're hearing this. It is the most wonderful, in one sense, time of the year because it's everywhere. And so prayerfully as we go through it, um, God will do a work in our hearts. And so let me give you six words that I pray will help us in this. Now the background of Luke, we're going to look at next week how Jesus was born and what an amazing event that was. But then what happened was there were some shepherds out in the field, and uh, the angel appeared to them, remember, in the night. And then, you know, he told them what had happened, how the Savior had been born. Next thing you know, a whole bunch of angels, you know, invaded planet Earth, and they just began to glorify God, right? And glory to God in the highest. And so the shepherds saw the declaration of the birth of this baby, that was the savior of the world. And, and watch what happens in verse 15 of Luke chapter 2. It says, And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And so you've heard the story before, right? We heard it. Here we see when they heard it, they said, let us now go. We want to see with our own eyes. And they went with haste and hurry and they ran. And one translation says, and they found him. And so the first word is the word behold. I encourage you, as we go through the Christmas season, you want to behold the Lord Jesus Christ as he was born to save us. You know, they hurried, they ran, and we should do the same thing, not, not hesitate to investigate. Why does the birth of this baby boy that was born 2,000 years ago, why does it rock the world the way that it does, you know? And, and what we have to do is we have to go. We have to see. You know, and we want to be able to take all this in. 
Now, for some of you, as far as seeing it, you're like, oh, Tommy, how do I do that? How do I go and see? I mean, I can't go back 2,000 years or whatever. I can't go literally to Bethlehem. I can't afford it. I don't think that would really be helpful anyways. You know, maybe you have a nativity scene at home. I mean, we have these now everywhere, everywhere. huh? And rather than just like, oh, another nativity scene, another nativity scene, another nativity scene, or just whatever, I set it up because that's what I do this time of year as part of my decorations. Why not just kind of kick back for a few minutes and then check it out and let it, let it come in? Wow, check it out. There's, there's Joseph, Joseph. There's Mary. They're in the, the cave or the stable or wherever it was. You maybe have some animals around there. There's Jesus lying in a feeding trough. And you, and you stop and you, you kind of take it in. You, you look at it. Maybe for some of you it might mean a nativity scene. Or maybe, you know, going to church service, of course, I think is part of it. Who knows? Maybe there's a good Christian Christmas movie that you like to watch with your family. But probably, huh, the best way to just uh, really behold is to open up your Bible. Huh? And you open up to Matthew chapter 1 and you read it for yourself and you read it with your family and you open up to Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 2 and you read it, you know, with your friends. You, you, you like the shepherds, when they found out, they could have just gone back to their normal life. They could have done the typical things that they always do. We could just, we're stuck in our routine. We don't do anything different. But, but this time of year, open up to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. That's the first you know, prophecy regarding the fact that the Savior would come. He'd be born of a virgin, and he would crush Satan's head. You know, you open up to Isaiah 7, verse 14, the, the sign the virgin will be born, and you know, we'll call his name Emmanuel, or Isaiah chapter 9, you know, verses 6 and 7. You, you open up the Bible, and as you're doing that, what are you doing? You're, 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 you're just taking it in like the shepherds did. They left their normal routine. They went to Bethlehem. Let us now go see. They did it with haste. No hesitation. Let's check this out, this observation. They went and they found him and they saw with their own eyes. You will see with your own heart. You will see this, this baby that was born for you to save us from our sins. You know, take all this in, you guys. Take all this in, the songs that you hear, even on coast. Think about that, coast 103.5. You even hear them there, right? All the songs and symbolism of the season. I mean, when you have people like Mariah Carey singing Oh Holy Night, uh, Justin Bieber, you might wonder if they're really listening to, you might, you might think, oh, Mariah Carey, yeah, do you know how she really is? Is she really listening to those lyrics? Are you? I mean, to me, when, I, when I'm like listening, I'm, I'm like, like man, man, Lord, this can just kind of go by, but let it sink in. Oh, holy night. You know, what an amazing song that is. You know, we sing the lyrics, fall to my knees or fall to our knees, but a lot of times we don't. Maybe we should just take it all in, the songs of this season, the, the symbolism of this season. You know, I, I was thinking about this um, when I was, uh, before I was a Christian, I listened to all kinds of music. I was a headbanger too, and I listened to heavy metal, which I'm very kind of ashamed of now. But Ronnie James Dio, you guys remember that little guy? I mean, this guy had a crazy voice. He was a lead singer for Dio and for Black Sabbath. But he sang this song. I, I found it online. Uh, not that I was listening to it, okay, but I found it online. God rest ye merry gentlemen. You guys know that song? 
God, rest ye merry gentlemen, that nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on, remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we had gone astray. O oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. I mean, think about that. Ronnie James Deal, Black Sabbath, was seen about Christ our Savior. I mean, that's the, that's the season that we live in. But, I, you know, I don't know if he listened to that song. He, he has, has since died. Either he's in heaven or hell. I don't know about him. But do I listen to that song? That's the question. Now, take it all in. You know, maybe the nativity scene, maybe the movie, maybe uh, the, the other things, primarily the Bible. But don't let this time of year go by without really listening and, man, just growing. I, I was telling the other uh, service how sometimes when my wife talks to me, she always has to ask me, did you hear me? Did you, are you listening to what I'm saying? Do you, does that happen to any of you guys or is it just to me? <laughs> you know, because she'll make a statement and I heard it, but I didn't acknowledge her. I'm learning now that I need to respond to all the different things 10,000 things that she tells me, you know, every day, right? <laughs> but I'm learning now. And so it's the same, kind of like the same way with the Lord as we're, as all this is happening. Uh, are you listening? When you hear that song, are you listening? When you see that nativity scene, are you listening? When you open up Bible study, are you listening? I sent my son because I love you. It's amazing to me. We need to behold. We need to see. You know, when we look at this, we've got to take it all in. Even the decorations, you know, I was thinking about the green. And you guys know why we have the Christmas tree, right? Uh, the evergreen. It stays green even during the winter times. The evergreen is symbolic of everlasting life. I see green and I see green. I see green throughout the season. I'm listening. I'm thinking. Through the hard times, uh, there's life forever. There's life. You know, I'm taking it all in. I see the red, and I know what the red symbolizes. You know, a lot of us here, we think, well, maybe it's because some type of color coordination. No, it's the blood. It's the blood of Jesus. Jesus was born to die for me, to shed his blood on Calvary. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And you're taking it all in. Lord, I, I see that. Yes, Lord, I'm listening to, to what you're saying. The lights. You know, we love the lights, and they're everywhere. They're all in the streets, and it's amazing to me that people do that. And you might think, well, no, they're just uh, doing it out of habit or whatever. There's a light of a, a snowman, and you're insignificant. No, what, this is dependent on what you pour into it. You know, the, those, those lights, lights, they're symbol, symbolic of Jesus, who's the light of the world. John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 9, verse 5. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Without the light of the world, where would we be? We'd be, we'd be lost in darkness. We'd be doomed in darkness, because hell is a place of darkness. But man, every time I see these lights shine, and they say that Martin Luther was the one who started that tradition, that one day he was outside and he was looking up at the evergreen trees, and through the trees he saw the stars, and he saw the way the lights uh, of the stars kind of lit it all up, and it all started that way. Again, we might not know all the origins of everything, but I do know what it means to me, and I think what it means for us as Christians. And we're taking it all in. You know, the angels, the, 
the wreaths, whatever, the stars, you know, even the candy cane. The candy cane is in the shape of a shepherd's crook used to bring lost lambs back to the fold. The Savior is often thought of as the good shepherd, right, guiding us back to his fold. And you have the white and red stripes. The white on the candy cane represents the purity of Jesus, and the red stripes symbolize his blood that he's shed for us. Some say it's even in the you know, shape of a J. I mean, all these kind of things, you, you take it all in. The, the white we see everywhere. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas is a great song, but we need to know it's more than the snow, right? That's how Jesus sees you because this baby was born. That's how God sees you. When you place your faith in Christ, he sees no sin, no blemish, no flaws. You are white. Come, let us reason, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And all this, as you're watching all this happen during the Christmas year, my prayer is that we would do what the shepherds did, get, break out of the, the, the rut. You know, this is what we we'll always do and do something different. They went, they left, they made haste. They went to see what this was all about. And when they did, they found Jesus. So I encourage you this time of year when it's all there and God is speaking, behold. Secondly, ponder. Ponder. Now Luke chapter 2 and Luke chapter 1, it all started there where the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and told her that, you know, she was going to have a child and he would be the, the Messiah. She asked the question, well, how can this be? I don't know a man, never been with a man. And the, the Gabriel told, told her, her that the power of the highest would overshadow her. The Holy Spirit would come upon her. The Holy One to be born within her would be, you know, this, this Savior of the world. And so it all started there. And, and now as she's thinking about all these things and she's processing it, Look at verse 18. It says, And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But verse 19, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So the first word is to behold. The second word is to ponder. And I don't know. I mean, she's thinking about this, how it all worked out, you know, how... Well, she was she got pregnant and then Joseph was going to divorce her. But then the angel came to Joseph and told him not to. And so they ended up staying together. And this the whole thing about being pregnant for whatever, eight, nine months. And then, you know, the decree from Caesar Augustus. Next thing you know, they head over to Bethlehem. When they get there to Bethlehem, there's no room for them in the inn. And so they end up staying you know, in the stable, and then the baby's born, and I don't know how glorious, or I don't know how it was all. I'm sure there was something special there. And then the shepherds show up, and they tell her what the angels had told them. And so what's Mary doing? She's just processing this whole thing. I'll bet you almost anything. She had been studying her Old Testament. She had been thinking about those scriptures that, you know, I'd prophesied regarding the birth of Christ and who knows maybe she was aware of Isaiah 7 14 and and you know Genesis 3 verse 15 but she's just pondering it all 
You know, it says right here that she kept it in her heart. The Greek word there means to preserve a thing from perishing or being lost. Uh, it means to, to keep in mind, lest it be forgotten. And we need to do that. You know, I, I think that it can easily be out of sight, out of mind. He, she, she kept it. The NIV says that she treasured up all these things. And then, and then she pondered. And this word right here, it, it, it speaks primarily of a conversation. So, so this is what we need to do. Behold, look in the Bible. Listen to all this the voice of God regarding this most wonderful time of the year. And then, and then ponder it. And so there's a conversation that needs to take place. It's interesting. The word is used in Acts chapter 4, verse 15, that when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they, they conferred among themselves. Same Greek word, sumbalo. Uh, and so it's a conversation between individuals, but here it's a conversation with who? Mary is having a conversation with herself, kind of. Maybe God, you know, that's more like prayer, though. It doesn't say she prayed. It's just she pondered. And the next thing you know, she starts talking to herself about all these things. Wow, so amazing. And you can just sit down and, and talk to yourself. You can do that. You're like, wow, Lord, you, uh, you have shown me so much grace. Or you can talk to yourself about it. And next thing you know, you're meditating. Next thing you know, you're pondering. Right? The, the, the word, it, it means to think about something carefully. The New Living Translation says that she thought about them often. Because a lot of times we can just go and we get so busy and so distracted that we forget Jesus. And the same thing ha that happened to him the first time he came where there's no room for them in the inn happens to us. So I want to encourage you to talk to yourself about these things. You're thinking, Manny, that's weird. How many of you here talk to yourself? Do you guys ever do that? Good. And you answer, right, and all that kind of stuff. That's okay. That's okay. This is what Mary did. Behold, uh, ponder. And then the next one is over in the Gospel of John, chapter 1. I was wondering if you could turn there. Because it all goes like with the Christmas season. And the Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, and verse 23, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so basically, like, you know how we exchange gifts, and there's a lot about gifts, right? It's all rooted in the fact that he gave his son to give us salvation, right? And so just because someone offers you a gift, it doesn't mean you have to receive it. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that where someone wants to give you something, maybe you don't like them, or maybe you think they have ulterior motives, and you tell them, no, I'm not going to receive it. Well, there might be a place and time for that while, you know, we're dealing with other people. But never, ever, ever do that to God. And what we need to do is, is we need to receive. John chapter 1, in verse 12, it says, uh, verse 11 says, He came to His own, speaking of the Jews, and His own, generally speaking, did not receive Him. But as many as received Him, 
To them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You're born of God. How do we get born of God? How do we become a child of God? The answer is by receiving. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to be good enough. It's not about a performance, man. Because I don't know if you guys have noticed this or not, but we just can't do it. I mean, I've been a Christian now for 30 years that a day doesn't go by where I don't sin. I struggle. I hate who I am apart from Christ. I know I'll never be good enough to get to heaven on my own righteousness. The Bible says that in Isaiah 64, verse 6, that your righteousness is as filthy rags. But what happens is when you receive this gift from God, then what happens is you're born again. Right there, it, it, it's, it's, it's intertwined with believing in him. You know, and if you're here today and maybe you haven't really made that step, you know, my encouragement to you today is if you can visualize it, and I don't want to get weird or anything, but just visualize, you know, this hand coming down from heaven. You know, it has a, it's a nail-scarred hand, and it has the, the gift of life to give to you. Or, or visualize just that God gave you his son. Isaiah 9, 6 says, unto us a child is born. Uh, unto us a son is given. Have you guys ever do this? Maybe when you were younger, probably not now. At least you wouldn't admit it. But have you guys ever, like, remember those times where you had all the gifts under the Christmas tree? And you're looking at all those gifts and you're wondering, I wonder if any of those are, are for me. And then you look this way and that way and no one's there. And then you go up and you start looking. <laughs> Oh, they're all for my wife. I can't believe my kids. What's up with that, right? No, this one has your name on it. It's a gift. And as, and as part of Christmas, you're beholding this, this in. What's rocking the world? You're, you're you know, pondering all this. You're talking about it. And next thing you know, you just rip open your heart. You know, you rip open that gift. And you say, Jesus, come into my life. Wash me of my sins. I can't do this on my own strength. I don't even want to. Help me want to. You know, there's a lot of things that the world will offer you as a solutions to the struggles that you have. They'll say, well, you know, get a lot of money or, you know, wherever. It's a career. It's a relationship with so-and-so. And, you know, there's a lot of things that they say will fill the void. You know, it's okay. Numb the pain a little bit. Get a little high. Get a little drunk or whatever. Go to the side, sideways, sideways and all that kind of stuff. Man, no, the answer is not in any of that stuff. It's really nothing that the world has to offer. The answer is only what God has to offer. The answer is only in Jesus. 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 And you got to receive. And as you receive, then right here it says that he gives you the right to become, think about this, a child of God. For those of you who have kids, you know what I'm talking about. You don't love anyone the way you love your kids. That's how God loves you and infinitely more. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. And so this Christmas, and sometimes we think, well, I did that, you know, 27 years ago when I got saved. 
There's something about this holiday, though, that it just happens, just like we do every year, right? We get gifts from our loved ones. It's kind of like every year, it's fresh, Lord, I, I receive. You know, it is possible, right here it says in verse 11, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. It is possible not to receive the gift. My prayer is that you would receive the gift of Jesus. Uh, he'll blow your minds. So wonderful. So wonderful. So this is what we do, six words. Number one is we behold. We, we see, we take it all in. Number two, we ponder. Let's have a conversation. Number three, we, re we receive this gift of Jesus and salvation. And then number four, we rejoice. And so go back to Luke chapter two. In verse 8, it says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord uh, shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And so imagine you're out there in the, in the nighttime, and you're just doing your work, and then the, an angel and the glory of heaven, it just uh, invades, you know, that night. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Maybe there's some of you here today that you're afraid of all these things and God says, stop it. Do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And there it is. You can circle that, that word joy uh, to the world. Joy which will be to all people. Why? Why joy? It says in verse 11, for there is born to you, to you. This day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And you will find, you will, this will be the sign to you, you, you will find, find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. You know, last night we had the uh, Christmas ministry dinner and we've seen a, a loopy. She's got a big old tummy ready to pop because the baby's about to be born. Uh, Veronica too, she's just about ready. To have the, I think it's their 12th, no, I'm just joking, seventh child. Beautiful, beautiful family, you know? And you, and you look and you're like, man, a, a, little, a little baby's about to be born. And, and that's what's happening here, that this baby's born. And the angel said, man, the angel, think about it, the angel rips into time and space, our time and space, and he just says, wow, there's nothing like this ever happened in the history of the world, the Savior, the Savior of the world, and what you need to do, don't be afraid, this is joy for, for all people. You know what's interesting, if you continue reading right here, it says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and check this out, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You know, and when you think about that, that's the thing that helps us through this season. Now, here's where it can get a little difficult. I don't know where you guys are, are, but maybe you're here and you're struggling this time of year for different reasons. Uh, um, the, the Christmas season, I was talking to one guy. He actually works at, um, what's the big mortuary right there? Right over there. Rose Hills. Yeah, that's it. And um, 
And uh, he was telling me uh, uh, that this time of year, there are more deaths. There are more deaths for different reasons. Uh, the cold, sometimes people don't uh, uh, recover if you get older from some type of sickness, uh, pneumonia. He even said sometimes the wet weather will ca cause an accident, but then he also added to that the fact that there are suicides that take place this time of year. So, you know, he, for them, it's a, actually a busy time of year, and that's what makes this time so difficult for some people is, number one, their loved ones maybe passed away during this time, and what happens is you've had all those years together, the, the special Christmases with your loved ones. I mean, there's, there's just like something about that that's just so high on the Richter scale of who we are, those precious moments. You know, most of us, not all of us, most of us have that. When that's ripped away, that can be so tough. And that's why this message of joy is so important. I'll tell you what, your loved one who's passed on, they would tell you the same thing. The angels tell you the same thing. It's not because everything in life happens the way we want it to. That don't, that, we don't, his ways are higher. His timing is different than ours. We want it now. God just says, wait. Wait with eager expectation. I'm going to save your loved one. Wait with eager anticipation. You will see them again. This joy is so important because you will never finish your journey unless you have the joy. And, and how do we get the joy? The joy, it's not a superficial smile, you guys. It's not like a, just a, you know, a, I don't know, happiness. It's different. It's deeper. The joy comes from Jesus. The joy comes from a heart that wants to follow Jesus. If you're living in sin, you can't have joy. It's impossible. But you just come back with simplicity and say, Lord, I want to help me. Jesus, help me to keep my eyes on you. And that, and that to me, you want to be able to cultivate that fruit of the Spirit. You know, don't walk around like Eeyore. Get your eyes on the Lord. Lift your eyes into the hills from whence your help comes from. Your help comes from the Lord. You know, the, the joy, again, it's not superficial. And I'm not trying to make light of, any, of everything that you're going through. But I'm telling you that this joy that the angels speak of is so important for us. You know, what we find is that there's this song, Joy to the World, is because of the fact, Matthew 121 says, She will bring forth the Son, he shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And that's the joy that we get, right? Christmas can be a time of sorrow, but we walk by faith. And as we do, we show up, we read our Bible, we're listening, we're beholding, we're pondering, we're doing these things, we're receiving. God will then give you that fruit. Behold, number one, ponder. Number two, receive. Number three, rejoice. Number four, and then the next one is to give. Give. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, uh, Paul the Apostle said, And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. And so, hopefully, how many of you guys feel like your giving is your, your giving out of obligation? You wouldn't raise your hand, huh? <laughs> oh, man, I got to get, you know, a gift for so-and-so, right? 
Try this. Try giving out of celebration. As you give, uh, you're going to be blessed. Some of you here, you're givers by nature. Uh, I, I was talking to my brother-in-law, sister-in-law. He's saying his wife is a giver. He's a receiver. That's what he was saying. <laughs> I guess there are two types of people in the world. But no matter who you are, as, as you, you begin, begin to walk with the Lord, you begin to learn it's a blessing to give, you know? I mean, and then there's something about this time of year, huh? That it's like a season for goodwill towards men. It's like a season for, hey, where's the need? Where's the need? Uh, like I was talking about earlier, there's a sister sure who has is. cancer. And so, you know, just something about like, okay, now she has a GoFundMe uh, thing going on. And we know the legitimacy of it. And we know the heart behind it. And so, although it should probably be just something we do all year round, this time of year, it just seems like more so, right? And you're, you know, I don't know about you, some of you guys are so good at, at figuring out what to get uh, your, your loved ones or your friends. I'm terrible at that. But a little something, you know, just, hey, even a, a $5 Starbucks card, it, 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 they thought of me. You know, we don't have a lot of money. Maybe you're here, but, you know, you can make tamales. They don't cost that much. They go a long ways. You know, Henry said he likes peanut butter cookies. And just in case you're wondering, he does have a list of what he likes in the back counter back there. <laughs> other things. No, I'm just joking. But, you know, um, there is something about giving. This Thursday that we're talking about, December 26th, uh, you're going to get blessed if you buy something beyond the normal list, right? And then when you give, what ends up happening is it becomes life-changing, right? I mean, you ask what do they need or maybe what do they want or what would bless them. And as you're thinking this through, it's just a beautiful thing to experience. It's life-changing. When my daughter was little, I remember we got her an easy-bake oven. And so guess what? A couple of days ago, guess what she was doing? She was baking me cookies. Not for me, but they were for the Christmas dinner. But I was the official sampler for her. When my, Aaron, my, my son Aaron was a little boy. Um, we got him a little basketball set. Who was it? Fisher Price. I always forget. And so we have a videotape of him when he was two years old and just playing basketball. I think he did it like 37 times in a row, man, just dunking and dunking and dunking. He can't dunk it now. But um, even though he may not be, you know, as natural as whatever um, LeBron James, he worked hard on his three-point shot, you know. And so I remember a while back him and Jeremy and, and Rich, they won a three-man, you know, basketball tournament, you know. I mean, you just never know what these gifts will do down the road. When my, when my wife was young, I remember I asked her, what gift stands out to you? And she says, I remember when I got Candyland, the game Candyland, right? So you'll never guess what that did to her. <laughs> She's always giving candy away to the kids. One for you, one for me. Have you ever seen her do that? <laughs> I don't know, you guys. Um, don't let the giving be a burden. Let it be a blessing. You know, don't let it be something you do out of obligation. Let it be something you do as a celebration. And I, and I will say this, that the first one you want to give to is God, right? He gave you his son. He gave you life. He gave you freedom, forgiveness, salvation. So what do you want to give God? You want to give God your heart. You want to give God your, your life, right? Proverbs 23, 26. It says, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. 
You know, there's a popular song you hear on Coast 103.5. Uh, I think it's by George Michael or Wham, one of those guys. It says, uh, last Christmas I gave you my heart, but the very next day you took it away. This year to save me from tears, I'll give it to somebody special. And so I think he gave it to a, a girl and she, she just broke, broke his heart. And so what ends up doing, what's he doing? He's looking for another girl, right? What a fool. Dude, give your heart to God. You want to give it to someone special? Give your heart to God. Watch what happens. We're not talking about a religion. We're talking about a love relationship. Have you given God your heart, not just part of your heart? You know, there was uh, the difference between uh, Saul and Solomon and David. Saul, he had no heart, no heart for God. Solomon, like many people today, had a half heart, half heart for God. But David, he had a whole heart. And that's what we need to do. We need to give God our heart. This is what we do. I think as we're going through Christmas, uh, behold, uh, ponder, receive, rejoice, give. And then the next word is to share. To share. Yes, you know the sentence, right? Sharing is caring. So how about if you do this sentence? Not sharing is not caring. Huh. Look what it says here in Luke chapter 2 in verse uh, 17. It says, Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. I mean, when they saw uh, the Savior of the world has been born, how could you possibly hold it in? They made it widely known. They went out and they told others, right? Remember that song, Go Tell It on the Mountain? That's what they did. Over the hills and everywhere, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ, Christ is born. And so we have to ask ourselves in your life, because I'm telling you this, I believe this with all my heart. Paul the Apostle shared this when he was evangelizing the world. He said, God puts you... And in this time and in this place, you were born here and you live there and you work there and you go to school there because God puts you there. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be preaching all the time, but if you're like a healthy Christian, you're always looking for those opportunities. Huh? You're like knocking on doors, Lord, open up a door. You're always shining. You're always shining because your life is a message. But then what happens, because you're praying for open doors, then the shining eventually spills over into sharing with others. When was the last time you, you shared? So prayerfully, as we're going through Christmas, I mean, people are, are a little bit more open, I think, to, to Jesus. And I want to encourage you to, to, to seize that opportunity you know, tell them about the Lord or, or maybe even invite them to church service. You know, that's one way of doing it. This is what we do this time of year, just like the shepherds did. When they found out, they made it widely known. And everybody heard, who heard, it says in verse 18, they marveled at those things that the shepherd uh, told them. And, and then the last thing, number seven, is found in Matthew chapter 2.
Behold, ponder, receive, rejoice, give, share, and then the last one is to worship. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. You know, you read this story right here, and that was their whole purpose. We've come to, to worship him. And, you know, we, we know, know that, that the religious leaders told them it was Bethlehem he's going to be born, and Herod, you know, worked out this thing where he wanted to try to find Jesus as well because he felt threatened. But the guys went, and eventually, in verse 9 of the same chapter of Matthew 2, when they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy and when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Can I say something to you? You and I were made to worship. Did you know that? I got so blessed seeing the worship team up here, and I was thinking about all their different stories, thinking of the way that they're, they're growing in, in their worship. Ariana, she's not only singing now, she's playing guitar. There was a time when Cynthia didn't either. Angel, you know, the lead singer here, he used to play Van Halen, Eruption. Now he does it for Jesus. Anthony, he was a double bass headbanger, or what kind of, what was that, punk music? I don't know, he used to jam for them. Now he jams for the Lamb. And, and what, what ends up happening in our life as we come and we find Jesus, as we look for Jesus, you know, there's this worship, there's this adoration, there's this reverence. Um, you know, they gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gold is symbolic of his deity. Uh, the frankincense would, would, was symbolic of prayer and incense. And what we find is the myrrh would symbolize his death. It, they knew uh, who Jesus. Jesus was. They had been studying, man. They came probably trained by Daniel from Babylon. And now Jesus is about two years old. It doesn't matter, better late than never, right? They're there, and, uh, and they're giving him these gifts. They're understanding who he is. My, my Jesus, my God, the one who now allows me to have prayer and access to the throne of grace, um, the one who's going to die for me. I worship you. I, I lie prostrate before you. I bow down before you. I give you glory and honor. I give you gifts. Of course, we know worship is not just a song we sing. It's a life we live. Huh. And that's what I think would be cool as we're going through this Christmas season, Lord, help me to grow in, in my worship. Help me to grow in my living for you. Lord, capture all my thoughts, all my affections. Lord, do a work inside of us. And as we have that heart, what we find is that, you know, I know it sounds kind of weird, you know, following the star. 
But I just think, for me, it's just following the Holy Spirit. The Lord is so personal. I've been a Christian for a long time. You know, but sometimes you still feel far away from what you want to be. But there's something inside of me, and I think there's something inside of a lot of you that you're just ready, man. Lord, I'm going to lay it all down. I surrender. We're saved, you know. We've already received, and we're engaged in all these other things, you know. But, but Lord, now it's time for me to, to worship, to walk. And as we have that heart, you know, this Christmas season, my prayer is that we'll come out of it um, stronger, closer. God will use us, and we'll take advantage of this time because I know that's what he wants to draw us closer to him. You know, especially for those of you out there who are struggling in any way, man, I pray you would know God's love. This is the time of year, man, where it's become so clear. This baby was born to die for you. 